From technology and acquisition to citizen services and mission execution, a culture shift is underway with federal government leaders increasingly seeking out solutions that disrupt the way business has traditionally been done. Here we connect with those government and industry leaders driving this change and delivering the real results in support of their agency mission. This is Keeping IT Brief. Hi, I'm Susan Chair, and today I'm speaking with Joe Salgado and Blake Harvey of Red Team Consulting about preparing for Polaris and what to expect in the updated draft RFP. Thank you for joining me, guys. Let's dive right in. How will the new SBA regulations released in November 2020 affect GSA, Polaris, and teaming? I can take this one. Um, the... The regulations that went into play in November 2020 cover both joint ventures as well as uh, first-tier subcontractors and how they are going to be viewed. Um, in the current draft that came out in December of 2020, as well as the brand-new frequently asked questions that were released uh, yesterday, well, on Monday, August 23rd, um, they have affirmed that subcontractors and joint ventures are allowed. So there will be some... Um, caveats to that. And one of the biggest caveats is that um, in terms of experience, you can only use an experience in one single bid one time. So while you can team uh, with multiple teaming partners and use subcontractor experience as well as joint venture experience, um, an experience can only be used a single time. And that will limit the amount of teaming that will probably occur here. Additionally, there is going to be uh, another section called organizational risk where you will get additional points if you are a single bidder or if you are also um, an entity that has worked previously together. So in terms of if you are a prime sub, if you've worked together previously, you'll get extra points. If you are a joint venture who has previously worked together, you will get extra points. If you have not worked together previously, those points are not awarded to you. We're waiting to see what the point scores are because those have not been released yet, but uh, those are going to be limiters as it comes to teaming. But those are all in compliance with the SBA regulations that came out in November 2020 as well. That's great. Thank you, Joe. Will GSA limit teaming from offerers, for example, Will an offerer be able to team with other offerers and submit a bid on their own? As, uh, there is no limits. However, there are limits on the amount of experience, the amount of times that an experience can be used. So that's going to be important here. And it will limit because um, let's say if you are in a mentor protege joint venture and your large business uh, mentor um, has um, experience, they can only use those experiences once. So it's a situation where they can't be on multiple joint ventures or multiple teams. And uh, once again, when it comes to a uh, first-tier subcontractor on this, they will have to be a small business. They cannot be a large business. That's great, Joe. Thank you very much for clarifying that. So what changes do you expect from the draft RFP to the new draft final RFP? The biggest change that we're expecting or the biggest release that we're expecting that hasn't been shown yet is the 
point values. Um, I think in Alliant, uh, small business, we were somewhere between 1400 and 1800 points that were, uh, that were available to be awarded. Um, they have not released the point scout, uh, scores here. So we are waiting to see what those will be. Um, one thing to clarify on the earlier answers also is that, uh, when it comes to the experiences, there is seven experiences required for uh, a relevant experience and then seven experiences uh, for um, emerging technology. So that is, and they are based on revenue size. So there will be a waterfall. If you are familiar with CIS before, there's a waterfall based on the number of uh, uh, the, the revenue size of each of the uh, experience values that you provide. That's great, Joe. Thank you so much for clarifying that. How is the Polaris procurement different from CIOS before? Hopefully it won't go on as long as what we've been <laughs> seeing here. But um, in terms of the difference, um, I just mentioned uh, re- relevant experience is going to be seven experiences. Um, emerging technology will be seven experiences also. Um, when it comes to CIOS before, there was 30 possible experiences that you could provide for relevant experiences. And you could use experience multiple times in multiple task areas. So there is a lot, there's a lot more structure between in Polaris, uh, as compared to, um, CIOS before. And that structure is really the result of lessons learned on Alliant, Oasis, and a lot of the previous bids that GSA has done. Um, for CIOS before, this is NITAC's first point scoring. Um, RFP per se. And, um, there has been a lot of changes that have happened from the draft to the final to the amendments where I think we're amendment 11 right now, Blake, right? <laughs> so, yeah, if you're listening uh, to this, uh, I don't know when you're <laughs> listening to this, but this Friday we're recording on a Tuesday. This Friday CS before is allegedly due. So, uh, We'll see if that if that sticks or not. But this is the vehicle that everyone's going to look to after COS before gives it. Exactly. So, um, and there is a lot more requirements as it comes to documentation. Um, they are asking for very specific documentation that is required. There is also a JP6 um, attachment that you can have signed by your um, contracting officer or points of contact that will. Uh, validate um, something that is that can't be validated by actual documentation so they are the requirements here are very defined uh, whereas I, we watched CIRS before define the requirements over the last three months great Joe thank you so much so what should companies be doing now to get ready for Polaris yeah so at this stage in the game I mean there is a very good draft RFP release. Um, there, you know, as Joe mentioned earlier, we don't have the scores, the points associated with the scoring worksheet, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing anything yet. Um, there's, you can really do a gap analysis on that scoring worksheet. Look at things like, do I have CMMI? Do I have ISO purchasing system? Uh, which I don't think any small business IT services company really has a purchasing system, but look at ways you might be able to get those things. Um, and then also look at your projects. I mean, the scope areas are well-defined. There's NAICS codes are associated with them. So look at those relevant experience project areas and your emerging technology project areas um, and see what projects are applicable. Um, 
make sure you're looking at the dollar value. You can use both prime contracts and subcontracts. So if you don't have any prime work, um, don't be too concerned, but you will have to figure out how to make, meet the revenue um, thresholds for the scoring elements because, you know, at any point based solicitation, you get uh, awarded based on scoring high. And so if you have a few three or $5 million projects, you're not going to have what it takes to win. But if you have several projects over $7 million, I mean, it's awesome if you have several projects over $15 million, um, that cover various relevant experience project areas and or emerging technology areas, um, then you're going to be in a really good position. Um, and that's where you might want to look at, um, you know, coming up with that analysis. You could, you really want to get, um, you know, intense about it. You can look at Alliant 2 small business, look at that point scoring worksheet, also look at Oasis and see what the um, percentage distribution of points were, and then try to apply that to the Polaris scoring worksheet to get an idea of like where, like what percentage points you might have um, for, you know, whatever, whatever number of points GSA decides to go forward with. And the other element you might want to start looking at now is with teaming. Um, like as Joe mentioned, there is that organizational risk assessment component. So you're, I mean, you can team with whoever, but we don't know how many points that organizational risk assessment component will be. Assuming it's going to be a lot, assuming it's going to be around 10% of the points, look at who you've worked with in the past and look at those companies in terms of who you might be able to team with. And there is an important distinction there. When you are teaming with companies, you know, let's say you're in a mentor protege joint venture with a company and you want to pursue Polaris as a mentor protege joint venture, you're, you'll, you're good. You'll get those points. But let's say you worked with a company in a JV relationship and you want to add them as a sub to your team. Um, we don't think that would qualify for that organizational risk assessment component because you will have to have worked together as a similarly situated entity is, is what the RFP states. So um, mm-hmm. those are a lot of things you can be doing now. Um, and a lot of those things like ISO, CMMI, there's a lot of lead time to get those things in place, which is why it's always better to start those things early. So, Blake, are you saying that you should have an established JV in place before you can bid on this thing? Well, if, if you're bidding you, as a JV, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah if you're bidding as a JV, you're going to want to bid w- with that JV that you've worked with in the past. Like, let's I say see. you you want a contract with that JV. If you're trying to set up a JV for the purpose of pursuing Polaris, you're not going to meet that organizational risk assessment component unless you win work with that JV prior to responding to Polaris. And that's very risky because we don't know what constitutes working together. GSA hasn't defined that. So we don't know if it's you have to have had a project where you've worked together for a year. You know, if that's the case, you can't qualify for that organizational risk assessment component. But if it's just merely, you know, winning a contract, um, then then you would qualify. That's terrific. I have one more question for either you or uh, Blake or Joe. Uh, as it relates to the um, uh, the solicitate or the draft RFP, do you have to respond to all the sections, or can let's say you're just an expert in quantum computing or the different areas, can you just respond to that, or does that kind of hurt you because your point score will be low? Uh, I think you to, your, to answer your question directly, you can choose what you respond to, and you're still a compliant bid going in. However, you might not be a competitive bid. 
uh, your see. second half of the question, uh, because you would not be able to get to the point levels. If I remember correctly, Alliant and uh, Oasis were very high point thresholds that you had to get uh, to get through. So uh, that's where you would start to look at teaming or if that, that quantum I computing see. company would say, okay, how can I supplement this? And that's why teaming is important right now because of those, not only the organizational risk uh, limiter, but also the, the fact that experiences can only be used on a single bid. That is very important and will dry up the teaming pool per se, because, um, those, a small business under $30 million is only going to have so many experiences they can provide as a subcontractor, specifically if they're also bidding as a prime contractor. They're going to put their best in, hypothetically, if I'm the prime contractor, I'm using my best experiences forward. I can't use those as a subcontractor at that point. Um, so those are the things that, uh, are going to be interesting to watch how this plays out because there will be a lot more structure to teaming and a lot more rules that have to be followed. Be sure to join us for part two as Susan continues her conversation with Joe Salgado and Blake Harvey of Renteed Consulting about preparing for the Polaris updated draft RFP. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts by G2 Exchange Media, please visit www.fedhealthit.com and look for the podcast section at the top of the page. Music by Jam Studio, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated. Shutterstock Incorporated.